In studying hundreds of conversations of every kind, we have discovered that there is a structure to this mess. It turns out that no matter what the subject, our thoughts and feelings fall into the same three categories or conversations. And in each of these conversations, we make predictable errors that distort our thinking and our feelings and get us into trouble. Everything problematic that Jack and Michael say, think, and feel falls into one of the three conversations. And everything in your conversations does too. The three conversations are the what happened conversation. Most difficult conversations involve disagreement about what has happened or what should happen. Who said what and who did what? Who is right? Who meant what? And who's to blame? Jack and Michael tussle over these issues, both out loud and internally. Does the chart need to be redone? Is Michael trying to intimidate Jack? Who should have caught the error? The feelings conversation. Every difficult conversation also asks and answers questions about feelings. Are my feelings valid, appropriate? Should I acknowledge or deny them, put them on the table, or check them at the door? What do I do about the other person's feelings? What if they're angry or hurt? Jack's and Michael's thoughts are littered with feelings. For example, Jack says, This is the thanks I get, and that signals anger. When he says, I can't afford to lose Michael as a client, that reveals fear. These feelings are not addressed directly in the conversation, but they leak in anyway. The identity conversation. This is the conversation we each have with ourselves about what this situation means to us. We conduct an internal debate over whether this means we're competent or incompetent, a good person or a bad person, whether we're worthy of love or simply unlovable. What impact might this conversation have on our self image and self esteem, on our future and our well being? Our answer to these questions determine in large part whether we feel balanced during the conversation or whether we feel off center and anxious. In the conversation between Jack and Michael, for example, Jack is struggling with the sense that he has acted incompetently, which makes him feel less balanced. And Michael is wondering whether he acted foolishly in hiring Jack. Engaging successfully in a difficult conversation requires learning to operate effectively in each of the three realms. Managing all three simultaneously may seem hard, but it's certainly easier than facing the consequences of engaging in difficult conversations blindly. No matter how skilled we become, there are certain challenges in each of the three conversations that we can't change. We will still run into situations where untangling what happened is more complicated than we initially suspect. We will each have information the other person is unaware of, and raising each other's awareness is not easy. And we will still face emotionally charged situations which feel threatening because they put important aspects of our identity at risk. What we can change is the way we respond to each of these challenges. Typically, instead of exploring what information the other person might have that we don't, we instead assume we know all we need to know to understand and explain things. Instead of working to manage our feelings constructively, we either try to hide them or we let loose in ways that we later regret. Instead of exploring the identity issues that may be deeply at stake for us or for them, we proceed with the conversation as if it says nothing about us, and we never come to grips with what is at the heart of our anxiety. By understanding these errors and the havoc they wreak, 
we can begin to craft better approaches. Let's explore each conversation in more depth. The what happened conversation is where we spend much of our time in difficult conversations as we struggle with our different stories about who's right, who meant what, and who's to blame. On each of these three fronts, truth, intentions, and blame, we make common but crippling assumptions. Straightening out each of these assumptions is essential to improving our ability to handle difficult conversations well. First, there is the truth assumption. As we argue vociferously for our view, we often fail to question one crucial assumption upon which our whole stance in the conversation is built. I am right. You are wrong. This simple assumption causes endless grief. What am I right about? I'm right that you drive too fast. I'm right that the patient should have received more medication after such a painful operation. I'm right that the contractor overcharged me. I'm right that I deserve a raise. I am right that the brochure is fine as it is. The number of things I'm right about would fill a book. There's only one hitch. I am not right. 